it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Timonini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from Ohio State football coach Ryan Day and his defensive coordinator Jim Knowles following their Tuesday afternoon media availability in which they wrapped up conversations about the Arkansas State victory and looked forward to Toledo. One of the things that they talked quite a bit about was some of the injuries that the team has sustained and how those are shaping up for the last non-conference contest, how different players have shown in the first two games of the season and whether that means that they will have increased opportunities to play and contribute heading into the Big Ten slate, and much more. Now, before we get into the audio, if you are finding this episode on our website, landgrantholyland.com, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique and varied perspectives that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. We are giving you, in most cases, two different podcast episodes every single day so that you have all of the news, analysis, and insights that you could possibly need into the Ohio State football team. And you will also hear some voices and focuses that you won't be able to get anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe, for better or for worse. So with all of that out of the way, here's Ohio State football coach Ryan Day. Hi, Ryan. Got a chance to see a lot of uh, two freshmen play. Um, the guy like Caden Curry, what do you see his role being going forward? Uh, the more he plays, the more he's going to probably find a role for himself. Uh, he's very, very productive. He's been productive since he's got here. Uh, you can see that when he's on the field. And so... Um, He's helping us on field goal. He's helping us in some special teams areas as a backup. But uh, to see him get in the game was, was great. And anytime those young guys can play, they, they learn a lot. So uh, good start for him. And the offensive line, um, how are you feeling there? Both starters, depth, just how are you feeling after two games with the other line? Okay. Yeah, I think that there's um, some good things going on. We still are nowhere we need to be. But um, I think you can see uh, there's been growth there. And there, there's been some, a lot of good things. And <clears throat> the way they're running the ball is, is much better. But um, we still got a long way to go. Ryan, uh, your assessment of Tommy Eichenberg so far as a leader of the defense? Solid. Uh, you can tell he's playing fast. He's productive. Uh, you know, he and Steele both uh, last week I thought were very productive, and they're running the defense at a pretty high level right now. So that, that's good. Um, again, only two games in the system, so long way to go again. But um, I think that they're seeing it through the eyes of Jim, which is important. How well do you know Jason Campbell? I know him pretty well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very good coach. Um, he and I have spent some time together during camps and just, you know, uh, in the coaching circles. And 
Um, he's a very, very good coach. Uh, you can tell his teams are always prepared. Uh, he's got a, a good team again this year. So, um, you know, if you always look back to last year, the way that, the way that they played in South Bend, um, and, and, you know, with the transfer portal, they've added some nice pieces. So um, he runs a great program, and he's got some good players, and he's got a really good staff. Coach, um, I know everybody kind of saw what happened to Notre Dame, Texas A&M, and Nebraska. I'm, I'm curious, as you think about, like, the level of attention to detail with your guys as they're prepping for games that aren't conference games, how pleased are you with the way that guys are not missing anything as you get ready for non-power five teams? Um, I'm very critical. Uh, there's some things that I think we need to clean up in those areas. Um, one of the things that we've talked about is it really doesn't have anything to do with the team we're playing. It doesn't. It has everything to do with Ohio State. We're Ohio State. We're Ohio State. doesn't matter who we're playing. And so it's about the process. It's about the way that we play. Um, you know, I tried to explain them the other day. If you go out and maybe listen to the best, um, you know, pianist in America, you, you know, you wouldn't um, go to a bar and expect them to be terrible, you know, or taking the night off. Or if they're playing at Madison Square Garden, um, you know, all of a sudden it changes. It's the same way with us. Like, it doesn't matter what the stage is. It doesn't matter what's going on. We only have 12 regular season games. And in football, um, the rest of the, the the stuff that goes on doesn't mean anything. What matters is when you play in that game. And that's where the competitive stamina um, focus has been in the offseason and continues to be moving forward. So uh, we did some good things last week, but we still got a long way to go. A couple games in, and I know you've got a couple games to evaluate on tape. You had a chance to play a little bit of depth in the fourth quarter last week. But in terms of developing younger guys, just in general, how much more prepared do you think your second and third string guys are, even if they haven't gotten playing time? How much more prepared are they now to be able to get in the game where you guys won't miss uh, We're getting there. Um, last year, we, we had starters who weren't ready, you know, so forget second and third string. Uh, but there are some guys in the program – um, with a lot more experience than we had last year in, in all phases. Um, the younger players, the freshmen, whether it was COVID or, or some of the things that have gone on during their high school career, you know, they need to get on the field and play more. But, but they're learning, and um, a lot of them are overwhelmed right now with everything that's going on. So many of those guys, um, you know, f- for all of us, we're back to normal, quote-unquote. What's normal for an 18-year-old um, who spent a, you know, a year or so in COVID during high school? And so they're, they're, they're still trying to figure it all out. And, and they're doing good, but um, some days are better than others. And, and the more they get a chance to play, the better we're going to be and the more we can build our depth. But for the older guys, I think they're doing a solid job. He's further along than he was at this point last week. And um, you know, we're going to expect him to play this weekend. We'll see how this week goes. Um, but like I said, we're going to only put him in the game if we feel 100% sure that he's, he's ready to roll. Um, but we're expecting him to play. about preparing for non-conference games. When it's an in-state opponent like Toledo or et cetera, just what sort of emphasis do you have on maintaining that success and standard against in-state programs? Because it's been a while since your team's kind of fallen in state Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great football in the state of Ohio, and we all take a lot of great pride in that. Um, so when you play somebody from, from your own state, um, you know, it's it's a strange feeling, uh, but um, you know, Jason does an unbelievable job. Toledo has a very proud program, and so do so many in the state of Ohio. Luke does such a great job at Cincinnati. So I think we're all proud of being from Ohio, and um, you know, the high school football in the state of Ohio, all promoting that. So when we get together to play on the field, it should be a great night. Brian. I know penalties are something you addressed after Notre Dame. It happened this weekend. What do you do to address specifically the, the penalties that you see? How do you address that so that it doesn't become an ongoing thing? It's like anything else. You know, either uh, you're accepting it or you're coaching it, and you have to take that um, to heart when you're a coach. So, um, you know, they're being addressed. Um, you know, we have our, our ways of doing that, and, um, you know, that's not going to be accepted moving forward um, now. Uh, there are certain things that, you know, in the game that are going to happen. And a lot of that is coaching and technique and execution. Then other things aren't. So, um, you know, once you get start, start getting yourselves back into the game and the emotion of the game, you have to be able to 
take a step back and play with emotion and not let emotion play with you. So uh, all learning experiences, but like you said, we got to get better. Dallas Dance is a guy who maybe didn't play as much as he wanted here, but now in Toledo, now playing quite a bit. What did he mean to this program maybe behind the scenes that people didn't see? You know, throughout the whole recruiting process, uh, Dallas and his family were excellent. Um, and while he was here, same thing. And, um, you know, it's great, it's great to see him playing. Certainly wish he was playing for us, but, um, but you know, it's not, it's not great when you get to uh, have to go play somebody that was in your program already, you know, but, um, but, but he comes from a great family, a great program. And um, I guess we're all kind of getting used to a little bit of this, this transfer portal and, and how it works. And um, I guess this is the, the real positive side of the transfer portal, an opportunity for someone to go play. And, um, and so I'm glad he's doing well. Right. Well, that's good. Um, so, obviously, you know, we've talked about transfer portal, how that's changed things a lot in college football. In the last year, we've had 12 months, 13 months of NIL stuff now. Yeah. Just generally speaking, how has that changed relationships in recruiting and conversations in recruiting? Um, it's changed a lot. Um, you know, I would say for our players who are doing great in NIL, um, for them, it's almost like a bonus because that wasn't talked about in recruiting. You know, they weren't, um, you know, part of that. Now, now this next crew coming in, this is part of the conversation that the guys are talking about is the, is the NIL situation. So um, I think that will affect things moving forward, just the way um, things are. Um, but I also think, like you're saying, when you, when you mix in the transfer portal, when you mix in all these types of things, I think, again, transparency is critically important because – uh, at any point, they can decide not to go to your school and go somewhere else. So what you say in recruiting, you have to follow through with. And if you don't, then there's going to be problems. So um, I guess that that part is a positive. You know, it's just the transparency in recruiting. In just a general sense, are you hearing more of that conversation from recruits or from parents of what Urban would call third uncles and that kind of stuff? I mean, how do you balance that out? Oh, yeah, I would say all, all of the above. Um, there's... Um, you know, recruits who kind of handle their own recruiting. Um, there's there's families that uh, the parents kind of handle the recruiting, and then there's uh, other situations where there are you know mentors or uncles, and and they have a big part in it. Um, so um, you know, every situation is very different. But um, now that NIL has become part of the conversation, there seems to be um, you know a lot more people um, you know involved. Not that he didn't hurt any sort of blossom, but to see Mecca step up now, right. it seems like you've got to get him the ball even when Jackson gets back. Is it kind of a blessing in disguise now? Yeah, I mean, we're a different team when Jackson's in there. There's no question. But uh, to your point, I think that we, you know, we had to um, you know, have some other guys step up and, and figure a few things out. And I think that's that has been good for the longevity of the offense and the depth of the offense. So, um, you know, we can't wait to get Jackson back, but it has allowed an opportunity to get some guys out there and, and kind of build some packages. Maybe love when we ask about throwing the ball with tight end, but Kate Stover's already caught five last in your sixth season. Um, is there more concerted effort by CJ, by you guys, by Kevin to get him the ball, add that another dynamic to your offense? Uh, you, you can see the play he made. I mean, he looked great on that, that route, and uh, he's been strong. Uh, and, and that's what we're seeing in practice. And Cade's a weapon for us, and, and we know – um, with the strength of our receivers that we're going to get him in a lot of one-on-one situations. And, and so um, he is another weapon for us. And, and yes, it's, it's good to see him get some catches and hopefully we can keep building on that for him. Ryan, number tight end, G. Scott got in there for some more plays this past week. Do you kind of view him as a guy who you know, can supplement both your tight end and your receiver depth with his skill set? Well, you know, he, he came over from receiver, but uh, he works with the tight ends full time. And, and you can see his ability to block as a tight end. And, and that's great. So it gives us a lot of versatility there. Um, you know, and each of those guys give us a different um, skill set, which – allows us um, to adapt in-game, which is what happened last week. And, and I thought uh, what you brought to the table really helped us in that game as they were going from three down to four down. Um, I, I don't know how they viewed G, but it looks like they viewed him as a receiver, and then we, we lined him up as a tight end, and uh, we didn't really see any more three down drop eight. 
for the rest of the game, which um, is great for G. And so now we can build on those types of things. Yeah. With uh, Denzel Burke, you know, he had a couple penalties, how it gave up the big play, he came out of the game for a while. So just, how do you kind of feel about how his season has started and how he can bounce back from those things? I mean, Denzel is very, very talented, and, and you guys see what he's capable of. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, he's going to keep working to get better. And, you know, he certainly has some plays he wants back. But, um, you know, we're all confident that, that he will. And he, you know, he's ready to make those plays. But at the same time, you know, he's got to identify what those things are that, you know, got him uh, jammed up on those plays and, and make the adjustments from there. Mine. Oh, weird would ask this question, but the, the touchdown pass to Mecca, the route he ran, was yeah. that kind of similar to what you guys did with Chris against Wisconsin between the 19 and uh, yeah, yeah, similar. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say so. Uh, a little bit different. That was in a three by one set. This was a two by two, but but uh, yes. So yeah. Whether it's Justin or CJ, where do you want him to put that ball exactly on that type of route? Uh, right on the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, that one was, was well done because Emeka kind of worked his way through a lot of traffic there and, uh, it didn't quite drop the way that we expected it to, but, uh, what it did, um, allow to have happen was because he kind of got caught up in, in the, in the trees in there, the rest of the coverage kind of got depth. And so it opened up the middle of the field, which is what we were trying to get down there. Um, but Emeka was strong and, and I'll give Mecca a lot of credit. He plays physical, he plays strong. Where, you know, in that situation, a lot of receivers may have kind of got bumped off the route and the route would have been dead. I mean, he just kept pushing through it. And um, the protection was excellent. Mayan Williams picked up a nickel blitz there who kind of added on. And that was really well done and allowed CJ just enough time to slide in the pocket. I think that's another thing that CJ is doing a good job of, you know, is, is his pocket presence. He's had to escape a couple times. He slid there to buy himself a little bit of time. The protection was good. And it allowed us to play for, you know, an opportunity for a big play. And I think that's something we talk about with our line is that, you know, when, when plays like that, when you can give the quarterback and the receivers time, where the rewards are huge, um, if you don't have good protection there, that play doesn't develop because it took a long time. Um, just update on doing something. See Collins and Jackson. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, we're expecting Julian to play this week, uh, and uh, same same thing. Well, I, I think he's very similar to the Jackson situation. Yes. Ron, you mentioned Jackson was. Uh further along last week. Is he doing anything better? What can you just share on this? Yeah, it, it's just in the rehab and just in the strength and, and the uh, flexibility and all that stuff. And as far as the cornerback right J.K. Johnson came in for Denzel Bird in that second quarter and got quite a bit of snaps. What did what, you see for him? He's probably like the longest look he really has. Yeah, no, J.K.'s done a really good job. J.K. has a lot of uh, skill. Um, you know, he can really uh, run. Uh, it means a lot to him. He's practiced well. Uh, he's done a good job. And I think that's one of the things that, whether it's preseason or during the season, the only way you get better is to practice. And that sounds like, um, you know, a cliche from a coach, but it's true. And J.K. has practiced. And because of that, you know, he's allowed himself, you know, the opportunity to get out there and earn some snaps. Now, what he does with those snaps, you know, that's, that's going to be between he and Coach Walton. But um, I think you see his capability. Because of the depth on the D line, it's, uh, what's the fight for playing time like? Or is, or is the first, second, and third team kind of defined? Well, I, I think it's it's week to week, but uh, I think you can start to see, um, you know, a bunch of guys kind of fill into their roles a little bit. But there's good players in there, and it's a long season, so we're going to need them all. And it's great to have fresh bodies coming in and out of there. I think at one point in the preseason. Jim Knowles said there are things about the defense only he knows. He keeps those to himself. Does that add to the mad scientist uh, persona? Or yeah, I guess. Got a bunch of up there? Yeah, I guess we'll play like charades and see what he's got in his mind. Um, no, I, I just think, you know, you have a vision. Um, anytime you're a coordinator of what you want it to look like and where you see it going, and then there's certain things that you know, need to be said and certain things that need not to be said. And I think that's, again, the art of motivation and the art of coaching. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that you know, he's looking forward towards because it's a long season. And like we talked about last week, you got to upgrade every week. And, and you have to stay a step ahead of the, uh, the opponent. And, and that probably that's what he's talking about. 
Brian, how much do you pay attention? I know each week you're focused on the economy, but how much do you pay attention to what happens in college football, the upsets and whatever? And as you hammer your guys on competitive stamina, you use those things as examples. Well, um, when you have a noon game, there's nothing better than being home at about four thirty, five o'clock, and then just sitting there and watching the games, uh, and watching some of the other coaches and teams have to go through what we go through. Uh, but it was, it was, it was great to sit back and watch some of those games. There's some great games, and um, you know, tribute to you know, all those teams who, who played really well and did a great job in the off season, and and, um, and I, I thought it was wonderful. But it, it does go to the point that. You know, whether it's this year or any year, you know, anybody can beat anybody. Um, and you have to have that approach when you come into the games. And there's some really good teams out there. We're going to play one this week. So, um, you know, do, do I look at the rankings and all that? No, because that doesn't matter. We have to keep winning. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, we watch to see what's going out there, trends, what's going on going on along the, the college landscape, um, how teams are and, and what are the strengths and What's going on offense, defense, special teams? So yeah, we're always looking at those types of things. Uh, well coached. <clears throat> First off, uh, good players, good skill. A couple really good guys defensively up front. Um, you know they've upgraded in a couple areas with the transfer portal, and uh, and a team that you know will come in here and play really hard. You know they're not going to come into Ohio Stadium and be intimidated at all. So um, I think you know you combine all those things, you get a really good opponent. Ryan, you didn't seem all that concerned after the game about Mike Hall. Did the evaluations Sunday and Monday bear that out? It did. Wilson kind of joked midway through camp that he thought Mike Hall was the best third string defensive tackle he had ever seen. Mm-hmm. When did you start noticing that he was going to be a key part of this game? Yeah, I mean, in, in the preseason, you could see uh, what he was doing. He's very disruptive. And you really have to earn your way here. You know, you don't just get thrown into it when you have some guys who, um, you know, have been here for a little bit longer. And so you have to earn your time. But at the end of the day, the best players play. And um, you know, he's been very productive. You know, I think he's got what, five TFLs maybe in the first two games. And so if he can keep building on that, a lot of good things are going to happen. But um, but I think across the board, there's a lot of guys, good guys, you know, guys who played well up front. And um, we got to keep building on that, keep growing on that, I think. Ty Hamilton, I think, you know, Larry said had his best games to date, so that was good. And, um, and you're seeing a bunch of guys get in the backfield and make plays. What do you think about uh, the way Perry and Josh Proctor managed that situation in week one and the way they got through the week two in the basketball? It, it's similar to what, I'm, what we were talking about where you know, when you're on the field, you gotta you got to play well, and, it, and it's very competitive here. And uh, unlike last year, um, we have some more experience to go back on, and – um, you know, Josh is gonna Josh is gonna play, but um, you know, just like any position, you, you got to produce, you got to play well, and um, certainly, I know he wish he had that first play back, and, and maybe a couple other ones, but um, you know, he and Perry are working hard to make sure that uh, he's playing his best football right now because that's the goal. And uh, but we have some good guys back there, so it's very competitive. Perry on my pretty much split and carries right now. Um, kind of just your evaluation of their, their game for the first games and how much does that open up what you guys can do offensively when if you need to lean on them more games I mean, they can bear it out. That's very important. It's the balance that we're talking about. And I think it's gone about the way that we expected. Um, you know, if you're starting to lean on one guy too much, then uh, that can hurt you late in the season. So, you know, we want to kind of split those carries the best we can and keep them fresh week in and week out. But um, But they're running hard. They're running violent. And we need to uh, continue. That. We have to continue to take care of the football, number one. Um, and, and protection's been solid for the most part. Um, my increased development from last year to now, has it been um, hard to protect uh, He's ahead of where I, where I thought he would be. If you said, uh, you know, where do you think mine will be six months ago? Um, I thought he had a really good spring. I thought he had a really good preseason. And because of that, he's playing well. <laughs> Um, when you get young guys in at the end of the game, like you were able to this week, is that more about just, you know, you just want to get them on the field so they can get used to what it's like? Or, or as a coaching staff, how much stock do you put into like, a guy like Caden playing the way he did when the game's, you know, it's out of hand? I'm sure the other team is tired of getting, you know, 
run over for four quarters. Like, is that still meaningful for you guys if you try to assess whether or not a player can help you move forward? A thousand percent. Yeah. I think that's, that's everything. You know, it's like when you step on the field, what, what do you do? Are you doing your job? Are you producing? Are you doing the things that we've done in practice? Um, and it doesn't matter what the score is. It shouldn't matter, and especially for a young player with an opportunity to get out there and show what he can do. And, you know, if they go out there and they do it, and usually you know pretty early if they, if they can handle just everything that's going on. Because in a game, there's, there's a lot to process. Um, sometimes in practice, it's very segmented. You get, you know, three, four plays in a row, and then you kind of catch your breath. And uh, you know it's, you know, team run or inside drill or seven on seven. But when you're in the game, there's a lot going on. And um, we kind of call it the fog of war. Things can get foggy real fast. But some guys, they thrive in that environment. And um, so we look at all those types of things. I mean, as you assess the, the run game through two games, you know, you look at the final stats, they look pretty good, right? But has it been as clean as you want it to be? I know that's a, I think it's a continued building throughout the season, but just where you are through these first two in terms of how it's looked. Does it look the way you want it to be? Yeah, I mean, we got a long way to go. We're nowhere we need to be, but it's cleaner than I expected. Uh, I just think we look like we know where we're going. Running backs are running hard. Um, I mean, we're, we're on the same page. It's just, it's well put together. And so that, that part's been solid. We're nowhere we need to be. I mean, we, we, got, we got a ways to go. But, but I have been um, you know, pleased with where that has been. So a lot of things to get better at um, across the board. But, but that has been uh, positive. You and Hancock dressed for both of these games and hasn't been on the field, obviously. Yeah. Just where do you assess where he is right now and how much he can help whenever he is active? Well, he's talented enough to help, and, and we counted him to be in the two deep and, and be a contributor um, right off the bat. So um, I think we'll finally get him back this week. We're hoping for this weekend. Uh, it was a significant injury that took a long time to get back from. So um, he's been working hard. It's not like he hasn't been working at it. He and Stewart are out there every day working and grinding at it, but it was a, it was a pretty significant one. So um, we, we think that this week he can do um, you know, start getting into some of the scout work. He actually got a little bit of scout work in last week. And um, we're hoping to see him on the field this weekend. With the Mecca, obviously, it seemed like Julian was probably pegged still to be the starter there before he had whatever setback he has. Do you have to reevaluate that now and just how big of a role Mecca's going to have in this offense going forward based on what he's proven? What we, what we thought going in was that, that we were going to roll these guys at different positions. So all those guys really learned all of the positions. Um, and when Jackson and Julian were unavailable for that first, I mean, we were – I think we were good going into Wednesday. And then by the time we were in the second quarter of Saturday, we were down two of those guys. So it was a little bit of a panic there. And so because of that, Omeka and Marvin and X have really got stretched pretty thin here early on, taking a lot of reps. Um, and so to get those guys back is going to be critical. And then from there, we're going to just parse out the, the, the reps the best we can, um, which means, you know, who's taking the first nap? I'm not sure, but those guys are all going to play um, because they all need to. You kind of addressed this uh, a little bit, but we're two games in. Obviously, still early. We talked about some of the deficiencies. I mean, are you in general pleased with where you guys are and what needs to improve? Um, I wouldn't say I'm pleased because I just um, we have to continue to have that edge and you know make sure that we know that we're, we know where we need to be. Um, I mean, it's good that we're two and zero, but uh, we got to keep growing and keep have that that edge to us that we got to improve and prove ourselves every week. So. Um, Aries improvement, certainly the, the, the penalties is one thing. That, that's ridiculous, so we got to get that fixed. But uh, across the board, I think it's just every everybody and everything. You know, I don't think it's one thing that's glaring. I'm certainly we could sit down and probably identify three or four things, but without getting into that, I just think everyone has got to improve. You know, the coaching's got to get better. The execution's got to get better. The pad level's got to get better. Um, and, you know, the only way to do that is to practice, and then your test is on Saturday every weekend. And... Um, and again, it, it, it's regardless of the opponent. And the defense has obviously played well out on the one touchdown. Surprisingly, no turnovers. Is that something that's a concern, or is it kind of like those things can happen in ways? I, I thought that was unique, too. I was thinking about it the other day. But uh, if, if you start saying something like, hey, we need to start creating turnovers, then all of a sudden you start going away from your fundamentals and you start to try to force things. And um, I got a feeling those things are going to happen for us because we are very disruptive now. Um, you know, haven't created any turnovers, but have created a lot of TFLs and a lot of sacks and 
So I think that's been good, and um, you know the turnovers are going to come. Uh, Ryan, if I was going to put together a clinic film on four touchdown passes a guy could throw and show patience and or uh, accuracy, et cetera, it would have been the three to Marvin and, and the one to Egbuka. Where do you come down on that and stand for? What, what is that just showing you about the versatility, not only of your quarterback, but like you talked about earlier, his patience? Yeah, I didn't think of it like that until you just mentioned it, but I think that's a, it's a, it's a really good point. Um, and really the one that they called it in completion on Marv was really well done in the red zone. He went to the second part of that read and really put it, we call it down and dirty right in his belly. And then, you know, um, we didn't come down with it. But, um, but, but no, I, I think that, that that's good. Um, do I think, you know, by any means, is, is CJ where he needs to be? No, he's got to keep growing and keep building. But uh, it was good to see him get into rhythm and, and make a lot of those different throws, like you said. Uh, movement's been good down the field. It was really good yesterday or on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, was, it was good to see him play like that. And then also get into the rhythm with some of those younger wide receivers. And I thought the game slowed down for Marvin in the, in the second game. You could just see um, just the depth of the routes, the timing of the routes. Um, everything just seemed a little bit more in sync. And uh, we got to keep growing on that. So, I know you watch the whole game film or you watch, some, you watch the defense the next day, right? I mean, right. So, give me one defensive play that just stood out to you. I mean, I'm not looking on the bad side. I'm looking on maybe I'm throwing one out there, the Mike Hall sack on fourth and one. Well, they're still in the game, whatever. He beats his guy, beats the guard to the left, and uses him like a turnstile, turns right into the quarterback. That's a game changer, whatever. Just what, what was your take on that? Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, and he's been like that. And that was good. Um, big time play. And, and I guess that's a turnover there when you get his turnover on downs, right? But um, I, I, I liked when we, we came out of the, the half, we scored. We got a three and out. And on the third down play, we executed that zero blitz and, and Steele got home for the, for the, um, for the sack, we got the thing around midfield. Two plays later, we scored another touchdown, and then we we flipped the score with 14 points. And actually, the defense came back and got another three and out, and we, and we didn't we didn't score on offense um, the next time. That we could have flipped it 21 points in probably about I don't know six or seven minutes. And so, uh, so that part was good, um, but you can see what we're capable of. Thanks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Next up, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. Juan's been obviously an athletic guy, likes to run the football pretty good at passing too. What have you seen from him on film? Yeah, I think he can run at any time he wants to, you know. Um, not as much designed quarterback run. I think we have to be ready for that. Makes a lot of plays with his feet and, and scrambling situations. I mean, that's when we really need to be aware of what he can do. Um, but he has all the tools, makes all the throws, very, very capable. Uh, we'll go, uh, uh, second row right, uh, Delandis Rivals. Jim, uh, have you always been comfortable zero blitzing, and how important is it to show an offense that you're willing to do that? I mean, you you become. I mean, if that's your philosophy, and it is mine because I know uh, 
it just puts a lot of pressure on the offense to execute. And when you have it in your arsenal, um, they have to plan for it. You know, there, there's risk reward to it. Um, I've become more comfortable with it throughout my career because, you know, I know it's important to, um, the structure of your defense to have that be something that is always there where you can get after someone. Uh, it, it changes the game. Your players believe in it. You know, you're, you're talking about even if they get the ball off, making a lot of one-on-one tackles. But, you know, there's a lot of timing to it, and um, it's a practice, you know, where everybody kind of feels in sync. And if the ball does get out, it's that quick, make a tackle. So it's definitely part of uh, uh, my philosophy, and, and I guess you could say I've grown to it over the years. Uh, from the right, uh, Tim May, Letterman Rowe. Yeah, I, I want to get your reaction, uh, Jim. Uh, there were two plays that, that get roosted out, and you'll just touch on one of them. The offensive linemen have set their feet, and then you step – Y'all had both linebackers step up in, the, in there into the A gaps. Are you in? The, are you sitting there watching that happen? Going, okay, you know this is what this is what you're looking for. I mean, you know what I mean. Just kind of, what's your reaction to a play like that? Yeah, you know, um, when it all comes together, it's it's a it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And you know, I don't get. I mean. I don't really get to enjoy it in that moment as much as maybe the next day because I'm, I'm trying to get ahead. You know, I'm already thinking ahead. But, you know, it is a little bit uh, like, uh, you know, watching a plan come together and all the parts that go with it. And, you know, because you call something, but the offense can really do anything they want. And then, you know, um, when it works, it's, it's just uh, – um, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of, a lot of uh, thinking, planning, you know, uh, 10,000 hours kind of go into that one play. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, go into that one play. So uh, when it comes together, it's satisfying, but I, I don't get that much time to enjoy it, really. Yeah. No, no, yeah, right, and there's no yippee. With, no. With the flip side of that, my call, you know, fourth and one, they're in midfield, they're going for it. I mean, is there a chance to stay in the game, whatever? He goes across the guard's face and then turns up and gets. You know what I mean? That's a that's an effort play, right? I mean, describe the two emotions you get from watching those two different plays. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that is definitely a um, well, he's a talented guy, but it's it it's a effort and more of a habit. You know, it's it's really you all in those critical situations, um. Unless, you know, you've dialed up something perfect, you fall back to your training and your habits. And that's like, you know, we've been talking about Mike Call since I've got here. And he he's just been doing that over and over again. So when it happens in a game, you're not surprised because that's just the way he practices and plays. His quickness off the ball. Uh, how how rare is that? And, and when did you really start to think this guy is he's something special, potentially something special? I, I thought it the uh, first time I saw him go full speed against um, talented offensive linemen. Because you're right, you can it is it is rare that first step um, is, is very rare. There are a lot of talented guys, a lot of strong guys, a lot of athletic guys, but. The ability to get off the ball, um, you know, it's a split-second thing, and it's just something that that some guys have. He has it. Curious to me, it's described him as, or at least compared him to Aaron Donald. I don't know what you think of that. Um, on that. And also the fact that, that as well as you guys have played, there haven't been any turnovers. Is that an issue, concern, not a concern for you? I think where Mike goes is, you know, he has tremendous potential. Um, he earns everything he gets. I think you know, the sky's the limit in terms of where he can end up. Um, you know, tur- turnovers, takeaways, they're one part of the metric to being successful on defense. I think um, they come as guys get more comfortable in the system. And when you're more comfortable and you can see 
you know, the forest through the trees and you're able to um, take more chances because you feel comfortable in the system. So um, I don't like it, but, um, you know, am I concerned? I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about everything all the time. You know, that's that's just that's just one thing. You know, I I, I think back to um, I think it was 2012. First year we made a bowl game at Duke, which is you know great. We got six wins, and then we and then and you know Duke hadn't made a bowl game in a long time, and then we had to face uh, Clemson and Florida State back to back when they were both at the top of their games. I think it's 2012. We had in those two games defensively we had ten takeaways. We also gave up a hundred points. So, I mean, it was like, you know, it, it was, we had 10 takeaways and gave up 50 points a game. I mean, how do you do that? So, I mean, you know, t- takeaways are just, uh, they're one part of the metric, but, you know, we review it with the team. We go over our goals. The thing about defense, it's, it's, it's a right now proposition. Either you stop them or you don't. That's the way I look at it. Taking the ball away is one way to, one way to stop them, you know. And getting off the field on third down is another way to stop them. Then um, sometimes the ball ends up in the red zone. Either we did it to ourselves, or sometimes it just it just gets there through other ways. It doesn't matter, you know. Then it becomes the field goals, and I think we've been doing. You know, that's one area we've been doing very well. Um, so there are a lot of metrics. You know, takeaways one of them. We want that to be better. One more Michael question. Um, Brian mentioned last week, and it wasn't just about Mike, but just in general, like when players have a good first day, good first game, you have to fill line. You have to come back and have a good week the next week. But what about Mike makes it that that's not even a concern? That like you, you mentioned how he's a habit player, like team plays he are, makes some habits. What about him makes it makes you think that like this isn't going to be a flash? It's a thing that can consistently. Yeah, there are some guys that when you when you watch them in practice that just go hard every single play. You know, game, non-game, walk through, it doesn't matter. I think Mike has a lot of that in him. You know, so that's just he's just you know, he's always going hard and um you know, that's that's something that's going to lead his game to higher levels. You guys are so deep at defensive end, but what are your thoughts uh, about Peyton Curry? And do you foresee maybe a bigger role for him going forward this year? And he's a, he's another guy that I noticed from the start when I got here because he has a tremendous first step, and he's tough, you know. And for his size, he's one of those guys that just um, can get himself into. Uh, position to make plays, like just bounces off people, twists, turns, you know, pitches a fit. So, yeah, I think he showed that he can play and he's, you know, he can definitely be in the mix. He's, he proved himself with step one, getting in there and making plays and, and, uh, you know, that'll earn him more opportunities. Overall, the defense through two games, are you happy with the tackling in the defense overall? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, it can be better. Um, I thought we, we had some missed tackles last game. Um, again, it is it is a habit. It is, it is totally a habit. And like I said from the beginning, practicing it in non-tackling situations is is um, a whole concept that we've been selling since we got here and, and the players you know, have bought into it. But now it becomes a habit of in, in practice putting yourself in position. Yeah, we're not tackling. Are you in position? Um, where is your mindset? You know, it's like an over and over thing, but I think we've made a good start. After the left game, both of them Warriors, Jim Denzel Burke and gave up a big play, had a couple penalties. You guys took him out of the game for a while. Just how do you kind of assess the way his season has started, and kind of how do you help him bounce back from that? Yeah, um, Denzel's fine. You know, I mean those those guys at corner. Um, they they live on an island. It's it's something that you know, ninety nine point ninety nine percent of the population could never do. It's it's a it's a really tough competitive situation. Um, you know, sometimes you get into a, a little bit of a slump. You know, you you come out, reassess. 
he went back in and um, did better. So I think he's on track. You know, corners are going to have because uh, when you're in such a high pressure uh, position, you know, you're going to have some ups ups and downs, and it's really it's really natural. And he's got a great attitude, and and um, you know, we trust him. How do you feel about the depth behind Denzel and Cam right now? Well, you know, we'd love we'd love to have Jordan back. You know, I mean, um, I think he can really add to that. You know, it is what it is. So I try to not have any feelings around it. You know, I mean, that's sometimes you. Okay, this is what it is. So it really, doesn't matter how I feel. It is what it is. You know. So we, we're we're working with the guys we have, and they're giving us everything that they have, and and we're going to keep getting them better. Well, you know, um, a guy struggles on one play, no big deal. You know, you struggle on two plays and, and maybe you can just feel, you know, you get a sense and a feel that um, he's a little bit behind, you know. Um, you know, I, that's not a good feeling as a player. Like I know if I ever get into that situation as a play caller where you always feel like you're one step behind, you know, I, sometimes I'd like to say, Hey, you know, can we take a break here? Anybody else coming? But, but I can't, right. So I got to kind of call my way out of it. But when you have a player that you just see, you know, you say, Hey man, you know, he just seems a step behind a little off, you know? It's, it's kind of a thing as coaches, that's our job to kind of get him out, reassess, get him back in, you know, so he can do it. Well, it doesn't help, right? I mean, um, repetitions stack on top of each other and repetitions against quality uh, opponents stack on top of each other. And when you miss a lot of time against our offense, those are – those are certainly repetitions that can elevate your your um, playing performance. So yeah, it doesn't help. You said you didn't, you know, big fan of rotating, but you kind of at that one position with uh, Cody and Steele. What do you like about their two skill sets and how they maybe complement each other? Yeah, I think that um, you know Steele is athletic. You know, uh, Cody is. Uh, has a good physical press presence and, you know, experience and a, a very, um, Cody has a very stable mindset that I think, um, the rest of the team picks up on, you know, a, you know, he can, he can handle calls, checks and, and just, uh, he brings that presence to the defense. So I like the fact that he's, he's in that mix and we got three guys really who can play right there. How do you feel about the depth behind those three guys, especially with a guy like CJ Hicks? How's he going? Yeah. CJ's got a great talent, a great attitude. He's young, you know, so it's it's hard. Like when you get to the season and you get past uh, training camp and even halfway through training camp, you've kind of you've made your decisions, and then you got to start getting those guys reps. So so young guys, it's hard to get him uh, quality reps in practice. I think he's he's going to have a bright career, um, but it's 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 hard to, to get him in the mix right now. Are you surprised at all that you're in terms of rotating Cody? Did you set out to do that this season? Yeah, you know, Cody was um, hurt, right? So didn't get much of a chance to evaluate him, and and, uh, but you could tell by his presence in the meeting room and uh, the respect the other players had. You know, I, I had hoped that he would be able to show during fall camp to to be a guy who was going to uh, merit a lot of playing time, and he did. You know, he, he's, he's really stepped up. That's great. Tommy is a tough, focused, um, driven um you know, has the respect of the defense and uh, continues to improve. Second row, Nathan Jarrett, season five. 
are your thoughts on the end uh, of break moniker for a, a defense? And is, can it be a valuable thing? And is it, but is it only relative to, I guess, the quality of the offense? I don't like it. I don't like that. I mean, uh, you know, I would never uh, call uh, a defense that I was associated with that. You know, it's like I said to me, it's it's a it's a right now proposition. You know, we go on the field. I go on the field with the mindset every time of getting the ball back to our offense as quickly as possible. So I never um, think about bending, but not breaking. You know, I, I, it's tough to even switch into that mindset when we go up, you know, we have a lead or you, you put some guys in the game, you know, I'm still always chirping to go out there and hold the line and stop them right now. It's a habit. It's a way of thinking. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't like that term. Going kind of building off of what Bill asked you earlier about the blitzing, um, is there a way, just as a, as a philosophy, that the more you're blitzing and maybe being more creative and aggressive across the field in many positions, does it, you think, enhance, change the mindset on those plays where you're not blitzing? Does it, you don't understand what I'm saying? Is there a connectivity between them? Mm-hmm. I think your defense starts to believe in making plays, and your defense starts to believe in playing offense on defense and that no no matter what the situation is you can set them back get the offense behind the chains create an advantage so yes when you when you start doing that blitzing creativity taking some chances you make some plays then I think the guys yeah they don't they don't really think when they're out there, oh, we're blitzing, we're not blitzing. It's just a mindset that you're trying to develop on the defense that, and that they're confident that they can do that. 